welcome to the Cashflow Guys radio show with your hosts, Tyler Chef and Leo Young. It's time to learn to earn. Cashflow Guys podcast, episode one, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to learn who the Cashflow Guys are, what they're about, and why this should be your number one podcast. Tyler and Leo are up next. All right, Leo, we are here at our first podcast. My goodness. That, I think, right there is the best podcast intro music in the business. I think we're going to get a Grammy. Is there a Grammy or an Academy Award? We're going to make one up. Yeah, I guess so. We're going to make one up. There's got to be a podcast award. We've got a local association here that we attend to these podcast guys, and uh, boy, are they holy. You talk about (laughs) not knowing what you don't know. Go to one of those, and those guys will teach you what to do. We'll get an award through those guys. Absolutely, and I'd actually appreciate that. They're pretty cool. They are super great. Chris uh, Crimstos, marketing master. They have helped us so much. Unbelievable. What a great share of information. But Leo, but, we're here. Episode one. We're, Why in the heck are we here? <laughs> we are here. This is the Cashflow Guys podcast. This is uh, We've been dreaming about this for a while. Um, folks are tuning in for the first time. My name is Leo Young, and uh, to my left, as always, is going to be Tyler Chef. We're the Cashflow Guys, and what we're going to do is uh, talk to you a little bit about who we are what we do, and why this should be the number one podcast that you, uh, that you download. You're going to get all kinds of great information for it. But before we get into too deep into it, we're going to have to kind of tell the folks, you know, what they can expect uh, from us. And basically, let's just start with who we are. Who we are. Who are we? Well, I guess I'll start. My name is Tyler Sheff, as we heard during that awesome intro. I'm a uh, father of two beautiful daughters that are now almost adults. Well, one of them is an adult, and the other one is uh, within about a week from being an adult, actually. Oh, happy birthday. Is yeah, that Amanda? Uh, uh, Julia. Julia's birthday? 18 on the 12th, so it's coming quick. Very but, cool. Uh, I'm a happy husband, uh, obedient husband to a lovely young lady we know as Jill. I can attest to that. They're, uh, they're a power couple. Live in uh, Tarpon Springs, Florida. And we've got lots and lots of rental property now. We got uh, we started actually many years ago in, in uh, buying and, and flipping is how we started. And quickly realized that wasn't the path that we essentially wanted to follow. Uh, we'll get into that in later episodes. But uh, my beginnings start back uh, the U.S. Army. I was born and raised in Buffalo, New York. Got in probably a little bit too much trouble and then had to join the <laughs> Army so I didn't have to go to jail. That's okay. That's yeah, all right. Yep. I think I've made every mistake you could make. Um, but anyway, joined the army. I, I decided to be military police, and because they told me that I'd get away with pretty much everything, and they were right. <laughs> so that was pretty awesome. Spent some time in Fort Riley, Kansas, in the First Infantry Division and uh, U.S. Army Military Police, and then I was transferred over to Heidelberg, Germany. Did some time there. I say did some time. It felt like I was in jail sometimes, but other times it was a blast. Well, that was your that was your primary service area was in uh, Europe, correct? In Heidelberg, yeah. In I spent Heidelberg. three years in Heidelberg, and then I was at one point I was transferred to uh, another area that's, I don't know if it's still classified or not, but anyway, I was a narcotics agent uh, posing as a drug dealer, and I was responsible for one of the largest heroin busts in U.S. military history. So, folks, not just like an MP, just like a regular military police guy. Uh, Tyler was uh, Tyler was uncover civilian clothes, and he was uh, hardcore at it. Yeah. Uh, I had long, Actually, I had a ponytail, believe it or not. Now I have a shaved head, but yeah, I had a ponytail back then. No but, kidding. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I uh, got out of the Army and decided that I wanted to be a police officer. I guess I didn't get enough in the military. So 
I uh, first started, uh, had a difficult time getting a job eventually out of the military. I started working security, uh, did some armed security here locally in the Tampa Bay area, and uh, got selected to go to the Tampa Police Academy. I went and uh, finished the academy, and then, of course, had, during the time of equal opportunity, I unfortunately, I had a tough time getting a job as I didn't qualify being a minority, so I had a hard time getting hired. Uh, short, long story short, I went to work in the car business, started uh, working in sales and got into the service side and service management. And lo and behold, the chief of police, uh, one of the local police departments rolled in for service one day and struck up a conversation. He says, why aren't you working in police work? I said, well, I, I applied everywhere. Nobody would hire me. So he challenged me. He says, you put an application, I'll have a badge on you and a gun in two weeks. And uh, That's a testament of it's not what you know. Yeah, but it's, it's who, who you know. know. <laughs> exactly. So I did exactly that. I filled out that application, and in two weeks to the day, I was uh, processed, carrying, and processed and carrying a firearm, and I was a police officer here in Pinellas County. So I did that for about a year until somebody decided it would be a good idea to take a shot at me in, uh, at a football game down in Lakewood High School. Mm-hmm. I was a school resource officer down there, and I had my youngest, or my oldest daughter had just been born. She was about eight, uh, well, about eight months old, and of course, I told my wife, my ex-wife at the time, is like, you know, if the if the police, the chief of police ever shows up at the front door, we got a problem. Yeah. If I'm not with him. Yeah. And of course, he did show up because I went missing in the woods for the evening with uh, half of the St. Petersburg Police Department looking for this moron that shot at me. But long story short, um, she was afraid that they would have, she would have heard it on the news. The chief of police was, so he decided he was going to stop by the house and bring her up to speed. Oh so, boy. Needless to say, at uh, midnight. Knock, knock with all the police cars outside. She thought I was dead. Oh, goodness. That's got to be scary. Yes, her now. She'd probably be pretty happy. To think about <laughs> that. That's a whole other story. But, uh, yeah, I got into real estate, uh, got my real estate license. My mom has been in real estate for ever and a day since the 70s. And I remember as a kid, you know, carrying around those big MLS books and doing this and doing that and uh, sitting at open houses with my mom. And I was back in the old Century 21 gold coat days. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, the car phone that was like the size of a truck that would yeah. have, you know, they were the backpack and brick yeah, and <laughs> everybody had that blazer. They were pretty cool. But oh man, I grew up and got into, got, actually I got out of the army. I started getting into the, the fixing and flipping on the side there and uh, made a lot of money, lost a lot of money too. And I had some rental property, but I really didn't grasp the value of what I had there. I wish I still had them. I would have long since been retired, but you know, fast forward, I went to, uh, Worked several different jobs. I owned a trucking company for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, made a lot of money in the trucking business. Learned a lot. Met some great people. Went to work for the federal government. Uh, again, not as a soldier this time, but as a civilian working out in the maritime industry in a, in a research vessel. Super cool job right here. This, oh, yeah. this is really good. This is my favorite. Yep. Been out to uh, out the Hawaii and the Kwajalein Islands and Marshall Islands and all that. Literally traveled around the world with the government on the government's dime. And uh, my last ship was out in... Uh, in uh, Narragansett, Rhode Island, uh, Providence, Rhode Island. And my job was the chief bosun. I was the guy that was responsible for the deck crew, and we would pick up the very, very expensive ROV and gently set it in the ocean and hope that it came back because it's $5 million of taxpayers' dollars. And shoot those really cool high-def videos, those guys on board, the scientists doing all the research and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. We were uh, we had the deepest dive submersible ROV um, available. Wow. Yeah, so it was pretty cool. We were going down, you know, several miles down and seeing things that nobody's ever seen before. Uh, some of the people that were on my ship, some of the science party, they were original discoverers of Titanic working with Dr. Ballard. And right, right, right. Dr. Yeah. Ballard used to come on our ship quite a bit. So I got to work with a lot of those uh, famous scientific folks. Uh, learned a lot from them. 
great bunch of people. Absolutely amazing, amazing group of people. So really enjoyed that, but um, I started making too much money. Can you believe that? That happens. Yeah, and uh, the taxes that came with that. So I decided to make a change, and, uh, you know, my wife and I talked about it. And if, we could, if I could replace my income at home and find a better way to mitigate my tax liability, bonus. So I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad changed my life. Folks, you're going to hear about Rich Dad, Poor Dad a lot during this podcast. A very reoccurring theme. As it's a reoccurring theme in our daily life, not just as podcast. In fact, that's on one of my annual reads. I read that book once a year. Absolutely. Now, we started... We started uh, reading all the Rich Dad, Poor Dad books and, and just consumed them all. That led to us buying one of the Cashflow 101 games, and we saw that Leo was hosting a Cashflow 101 game on the other side of town, and we wanted to kind of see what that was all about. So we went down and, and sat and played with Leo one night and became fast friends, and fast forward a few months after that, we decided to partner up, and here we are. No, holy smokes. Yeah, it's been Leo, the whirlwind, yeah. Leo Young Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Licensed real estate agent, <laughs> licensed insurance. He's got I've 65 got, different licenses. Yeah, I've got a lot of stuff. Degrees. I didn't uh, never, 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 you know, when you think back to, you know, when you're starting your professional life and all that stuff, where I'm sitting right now, never would have thought I would have been here. I grew up here just like you did in the... Uh, on the beaches in the uh, Seminole area and running around. And I was a baseball player. I played baseball in high school, and I played baseball uh, lucky enough to uh, to go to a military academy here. Not because I was a bad kid, but uh, that was the best you know place for me to go. But dragging my dad's briefcase around, just like your your, your mom, same kind of thing, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I was just interested. I wanted to go play baseball. I didn't want any, any part of what uh, what he was doing. And my dad and mother uh, mother built the uh, industrial basin or helped build the industrial basin out there. They were primarily commercial, industrial kind of stuff and did all kinds of other interesting things. But business ah, absolutely didn't interest me. I wanted to be on the baseball field. So. Well, you lived too much of it as growing up as a kid. You know, I could see that. Yeah, you're kind of too close to the flame, I guess. You can't really see it. But um, I did learn a lot just uh, kind of dragging all that stuff around, putting in signposts and doing all of those Silly kind of things like that, but um, I like I said, I just basically wanted to wanted to play baseball, and uh, that was kind of my gig. That's cool, Leo. I want to hear a little bit about more what you've done, and when we come back, we're going to take a short break. It's our first episode, and uh, when we get back here in a few seconds, we'll get back on that and hear a little bit more about it. But in the meantime, listen to our awesome music. guys welcome back now one of our plans for this podcast is we're not going to put commercials in here to try to sell you a bunch of junk and garbage that's not what we're about but we are going to start introducing as this is our plan coming forward is to introduce some of our preferred vendors that help us be who we are that really help the cash flow guys so in future episodes once we get up to speed we'll uh, start introducing you to some of the members of our team via quote-unquote commercials uh, and just to give you an idea of who we work with. But we left off talking about you, Leo, a little bit, so I want to hear more about that. Yeah, and to, to that point, uh, the it is important to uh, to listen to our sponsors because these are people. We're not just going out gathering people who pay to be on our show. That That's not what this is about. These are people that we use. These, these are in our 
um, dossier of uh, vendors that we use, and we wanted them to take part in this uh, podcast with us. So that's kind of why they're they're in there. But uh, yeah, back to me. I don't like talking about myself too much, but uh, I was a baseball guy growing up and running around all the fields and all of that kind of stuff. And I, um, like I said, went to a military school, which was an incredible experience, absolutely incredible experience. I wasn't a bad kid, but uh, it was uh, with retired military guys who just had a great way of keeping things very matter-of-fact. There's no black and white, or there's no gray area. It's just black and white. Are you late to class? Are you on time? Did you do your homework? Did you not do your homework? That's it. That's all. Let's get this thing done. Let's move forward. I'm going to ask your mom about that bad kid thing. No, I was a good kid, man. uh, Sunny. Yeah, I was a good kid. I I was all right. But uh, I was lucky enough to... um, I wasn't a good kid. No. <laughs> That's okay. We balanced each other out. <laughs> I was cute and had all kinds of excuses. <laughs> you you had that little mischievous uh, yeah thing. Yeah. I'm an only child. Can you tell? I'm dominating your intro. <laughs> <laughs> and you're walking all over me now. Yeah, exactly. I'll <laughs> shut up now. Well, I was running around and lucky enough, like I said, to, uh, to get a little bit better than I was in Little League. And I uh, ended up playing in college. I was a college, college baseball player in Georgia. Went to... Um, Several schools, some junior colleges before that, injuries here and there, but uh, ended up playing for a very short stint at Valdosta State uh, University and uh, came back and started actually coaching um, in college. I was a college baseball coach for many years during the 90s, uh, that Moneyball era, you know, the, the movie, the Brad Pitt. The, the, oh, yeah, I remember that. Right. Um, that was my era, uh, era growing, uh, growing in there. I was also a scout for the Seattle Mariners for almost a decade, and... Um, the pro ball. Pro ball, right, That's right. Cool. Um, I, Team USA, I was asked to participate with Team USA to go overseas to help uh, the European base, uh, Olympic Baseball Initiative. There was a big push then in the 90s to get baseball in Europe up and running and, and get it going on the Olympic platform, which when we went over there, we, we didn't realize. And, you know, obviously you spend a lot of time in Germany. Um, they don't have clay. There's, no, there's no, there's no clay there. Well, so dirt. I thought it was like broken glass is what it felt like. <laughs> it was it was terrible. But uh, I was lucky enough to go over there and participate with those folks and, and try to get that uh, venture up and running. It didn't last long. The baseball is not European baseball is not in the Olympics anymore. There are a few teams that are still have some stuff going on. But um, after I came back from that, I started coaching and uh, finished my degree at FSU and uh, my degree is in adaptive education. So I uh, work with uh, kids that have uh, are stricken with Down syndrome and you know things like that. That's my area of education. But uh, I was going to be a baseball coach. That was my job. I wanted to be a baseball coach, College World Series. I wanted to be that guy going out there and taking those teams out to Omaha and uh, winning national championships and all that stuff. And I was on my way. I was doing everything I needed to do, and I was really, really good at that, a lot better than I was an actual player. But um, like many careers, I decided to get married. And uh huh, I bet we know how all this ends. And and I have to preface this story with the life of a athlete's or a coach's the spouse. That's a rough life. That that that's a tough one because you know you'll hear these coaches on 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 TV say that you know it's about family first, faith, and then team. Right? Sure. That's wrong. That that, that not if you want to win. <laughs> it's too competitive. Team is first. So the wife of a baseball coach, football coach, basketball coach, or whatever, you are second place all the time. Oh, that's never going to work out. And that didn't really work out so well. So what happened is we ended up not uh, continuing the marriage. But the, the, the odd thing about it is, and, and I say this odd, people find this odd when I tell them the story, 
when uh, my wife at that time left, she actually left town completely. I took the baby. Uh, Allie was 18 months old when I took her full time. And uh, I was a solo parent. The difference between a single parent and a solo parent is a solo parent has no help. I didn't have mama, daddy, brother, sister, any of that. It was just me and her. That was it. Wow. Off we went. So obviously I had to give up my career as a baseball coach because you can't coach third base and change a diaper at the same time. Why not? Well, <laughs> they frown on that, number one. <laughs> get her a little helmet. And get her a little helmet, right. Yeah, they won't let her on the field. <laughs> so uh, I had to reinvent myself. I taught for a while and found out the educational system, as you well know, as a resource officer in school, is uh, a system that doesn't pay well. and Fatally flawed. Fatally flawed. And uh, we may even have an episode on, on why that is later, but uh, not for this one. But um, I, had to, uh, I had to go earn a living, a real living. And I bounced around. You know, like you did, I did all sorts of stuff. I was a pool contractor, and I, I did all kinds of things. But I also built my real estate portfolio while while this was all going on. So I had rental houses and, and things like that. Well, I had to um, – I wasn't living off that income. My portfolio wasn't large enough to support my daughter and I. So I became an insurance agent. And um, I've gone on to have several licenses. Uh, I've opened uh, an office. I've opened actually an agency down here. Um, with us, and I work with folks on their property and casualty, uh, primarily on the investment sides as well, um, looking at UL products and all kinds of different things to help them get a little better grasp and handle on what's going on. But uh, that uh, brought us together. So we both love real estate, and I've got a little insurance and financial background, and off we kind of went. That's pretty cool. Uh, can you, Later in these episodes, I want to, we're going to talk about what I find interesting about what you do in insurance is, you know, a lot of it is, is you demystify it. Yeah. You break it down. And it, I've learned so much from you as far, on my own properties. It, I look at my policies. I used to just be, I don't know, I felt mildly retarded every time I look at my policies at the 344 pages. And, you know, you've really done a lot for us, for Jill and I, in, in demystifying our policies and, and making more sense of them and doing some creative investing techniques that I absolutely never would have thought of. And I think I've read every real estate investing book out there and I've never heard of. And it's stuff that uh, is pretty mainstream, surprisingly, and, and makes sense. So if, if you know the right people, and the, and like you said, and I appreciate that, it, you got to know what you're doing. you got to really be able to have some experience and break it down and make it understandable. Absolutely. And, you know, learning is a very important part of, of what our goals are, is what we plan to, to teach folks here as we go on. And we're going to take another quick break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to cover some of that learning and what, what our goals are for this podcast and what we hope that you'll get out of it. So we'll be right back with you. Welcome back, folks. We're back at the podcast here. Tyler, to my left, I am Leo Young. We're the Cashflow Guys, and we're talking a little bit about introduction of ourselves, and I think you've got some information on that. If you want more information, you can go to uh, our website, cashflowguys.com, and we have a little lengthier version of what we are and what we do in our bios, and you can look us up and pick us apart, and if you want to send us an email, info at cashflowguys.com, and that'll be a kind of a reoccurring theme. But what we're going to talk about next, folks, is um, why this podcast is important for you, and really, and having listened, Tyler and I both, to many financial-based uh, podcasts, both in real estate, financial services, uh, we're going to be able to bring all of that together, put it in one source for you, and... I think you're going to find that this is going to be a pretty cool podcast and one of your top downloads. I sure hope so. 
uh, locally in town, you know, I mentioned early on about the cash flow game when we first started the episode. That's how I originally met Leo. And what we've done is taken real, real Robert Kiyosaki. I can't talk already. Podcast one, I say, Podcast episode one. one, I still can't talk. <laughs> Going to be a long summer. Um, anyway, uh, the cash flow game is a game that was put out by Kim and Robert Kiyosaki uh, many years ago. And we started playing the game independently and then started playing it together as a means to practice what we what we're doing out there in the field you know it's hard sometimes when you're a beginning investor or even an experienced investor practicing with your own money because you've got that fear concept that tends to be it can be very crippling so the cool thing about the cash flow game is it allows you to practice different concepts whether they be stocks which is something that leo enjoys not something that uh, i don't necessarily not I, not that i don't enjoy it i just could learn a lot more he's a lot more experienced than i am he's the next former stockbroker but uh different uh, financing strategies and how to acquire property and wholesaling and buy and hold. And, and the biggest kick I get is the financial statement, really how to get a good look at the financial statement and where that goes. Oh, holy smokes. And, and, and folks are listening to this for the first time and they're not familiar with Robert and Kim Kiyosaki, the book Rich Dad Poor Dad, or this board game are going to go, what? You guys play a board game? Well, I can tell you right now, stop whatever you're doing after you listen to this podcast. Go on Amazon, spend $5 and buy Rich Dad poor dad blow your mind yeah absolutely blow your mind yep the board game and the book kind of go hand in hand you really should do both um the board game itself like tyler was saying is think of monopoly remember playing monopoly as kids and you had the green uh, houses and the hotels and it was a fictional game it was monopoly land four green houses one big four red green hotel houses, one big red hotel the principle is fairly similar, but the genius behind this game that the Kiyosakis developed was taking it and making it applicable to real world and making it completely creative. For example, there's stock deals, there's CDs, there's precious metals, there's speculation deals like raw land, there's houses you can buy, you can buy businesses, you can develop your portfolio, all within the confines of this financial statement, which everybody needs to do a financial statement. Yes. Every everybody. year, everybody, no matter what you do for a living, if you take anything away from this podcast right now, do a financial statement for yourself. Doesn't matter how much money you make. Doesn't matter. An annual financial statement is critical. In fact, Tyler, I believe you and Jill, uh, I know I do, you guys still use the, I, I know you progressed significantly beyond it, but the, the basic financial statement in the game you use that yourselves too, don't you? <laughs> we still use the yeah, one. Yeah, still, still use the one in the game. I yeah. mean, granted, we've got the, the CFO does the spreadsheets and all that for us, but we still use that. A couple weeks ago, I bought a new truck, and well, my other truck was falling apart. And Jill said to me, she says, "You know, you got to really think about getting another truck." I said, "You know, I don't, I don't really want to make the payments." So she, we sat down and did another one of the cash flow game income statements, and saw that. I've got plenty of passive income. There's no reason why I can't buy a truck. And one of our properties will pay for the truck. So the truck is essentially free. So with that, I called the CFO, told him to call Ford. I went down to Ford and picked out my new truck. Yeah. So you're not paying for it. No, you're not paying not for at the all. truck. It's free for me. Through the financial statement, okay, yeah, this is not a problem. But I have to see it. See, I'm a exactly. visual person. Exactly. Well, and see, the, the keeping it in your brain is a big mistake. And a lot of people think they're smarter than they actually are. I was a big culprit of that, too. As a kid, oh, I got it. I, I can remember it. Yeah. I thought I knew everything. Yeah, yeah. Everything that I do right now, if you see me walking around, I have a backpack. 
And if it doesn't go in a manually written down in a book, which we'll talk about the cone of learning as a former educator, and of course Tyler is very familiar with the cone of learning, we'll talk about that in future episodes. Uh, actually, I think probably episode number two we'll talk about the cone of talk learning more about that, yeah. and how that's so important in actually writing things down. But that financial statement for it is the cornerstone of the board game and getting out of what's called the rat race. The rat race is what we do every day. We go to work, we get a paycheck, we pay bills. Yeah, spinning round, around, round, around, 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 around. Not all of us, though, want to stay in the rat race. Some of us want to get out into the fast track. But some people are very comfortable in the rat race, and if that's the case, there's nothing wrong with that. But we can show you how to exist in the rat race but not have to panic about things like retirement and financial emergencies. Literally, the, the, ta- the skills that you pick up in the game just by playing this game will insulate you and protect you from life. It's directly relatable. Unlike Monopoly, which we mentioned just a minute ago, that was a Monopoly land. When people play this game, you're really playing you. Yes, yes. You're, you're kind of playing yourself. And you'll have different job cards and identities like airline pilot, janitor, and things like that, only so you know what your expenses and your, your take-home paychecks are for the purpose of the game. Well, the game itself, it's an individual game played in a group setting is really the best way to explain it. Yeah, very much. And there's no winner. There, I mean, there's an object to win the game. Sure. But there's no, like, I won, you lost. Nani, nani, boo-boo. Yeah, doesn't happen that way. Everybody who plays it... Uh, that we find, I haven't found anybody, I've been playing it for years, haven't found anybody that did not go, wow. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. And the lessons that you learn in this and sharing ideas, the ideas and being creative with uh, building your real estate, financial services portfolio within the game are shared amongst the entire group. And it's it's kind of cool when, when folks will start playing the game for the first time. They play it very linearly. Okay, I land on this, I do this. I land on this, I do this. This happens, this happens. And they replicate exactly what they do and, in and real life. And they do life. right in real life, and they don't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're like, wow, I can't get out of the rat race. I said, okay, well, don't be you. This game just wound up like yesterday. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you're in the, what was that movie? Uh, 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 Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. <laughs> Same thing over and over again. <laughs> over and over and over again. Yeah, take chances and, and use Kiyosaki's play money. That's the cool thing about the game is you can't lose your own money. By the way, the events are always free. We don't charge for the cash flow games. Why don't we charge? Mainly because we probably get more out of it than you do, learning. Oh, unbelievable. Everybody has different ways of doing things, and, and for me, that's huge. Huge. Yes. Like being able to watch other people and see how they think or how they strategize and how they're going to do stuff. We've, we've got some incredibly gifted, talented players and some brand-new rookies that have never even owned a house that just come up with some awesome concepts that when we – Get them worked out on paper, they make sense. Yeah, there there are those very much the holy smoke moments that we run three or four games a week, ranging from Tampa to Tarpon Springs, that we find every time we go, I'm excited. It, it's fun, and we're engaging with these people, and, and it they, they bring up, like you said, these very creative deal structures and partnerships that may be applicable in real life, but more so than anything else, you play it a few times, you get comfortable, you start stretching the boundaries. What can I do with this? Maybe I can wholesale it, flip it, maybe I'll hold the paper. You get the upside, I get this, you get that. And it really that development of that entrepreneur mind as the game is going is just so cool. It really is. It truly is. Um, as we progress here, you know, our goal is to teach you what we've learned is to share because really we're both believers in the fact that if we give back to the marketplace, the marketplace will give to us. It's proven itself time and time and time again. 
every time that I've helped or Leo, you've helped another investor accomplish something. I mean, we're, we are, he's licensed in insurance. We're both licensed in real estate, have a lot of life experience and whatnot, but we're always willing to learn something new. And when we can share that information with other people, they tend to share information with us and it makes it creates a, a true win-win scenario. And that's our goal here of the, uh, of doing this podcast and of course hosting the cash flow game. So we hope to see you at one of our cash flow games. And if you do want to come out to one of our games, you can uh, go on our website, which is cashflowguys.com, and you'll see a link there where you can schedule time to come to a game. Of course, they're always free, and we try to have them at restaurants uh, whenever we can so that people can get something to eat if they want and kind of patronize local businesses and that type of thing. Uh, Men- that, mention also, Tyler, it's a it's a sales-free zone. There's no pitching No, no products. sales at all. Nobody. There's no hidden agenda. We don't have a credit card machine. Yeah, leave your number and your email, and you know if you want to get on our email list, that's optional for you for the announcements of the games, but you're not going to get pitched. The bottom line is we've made more mistakes than most of our listeners will ever make combined as a group, even if we have 10,000 people, but you know that's, that's what we're trying to help you avoid. Well, this podcast, folks, like I said, is kind of the introductory kind of thing as to who we are and what we're doing. What you'd expect in future episodes, Tyler and I are going to talk about real estate, wholesaling. We're going to talk about depreciating properties. We're going to talk about some IRS strategies, all kinds of great information pertaining to real estate and financial services. So we want you to tune in to these podcasts and, um, uh, of course, drop us an email or give us a call if you need to. And we'll hope to see you or hear you on Episode 2. I'm Leo Young, and that's Tyler Sheff. We're the Cashflow Guys.